Hello, everybody. This is Indina Maka for the 40th Year Podcast. If you're listening to this and you're a child under the age of 18, make sure you have your mom or dad or guardian with you as we proceed to discuss some topics that might be out of your realm of reach or might be explicit. In addition, because we live in a time where false media lives large, the conversations that I normally have is based on little research, rumor, hearsay, and allegation. So a lot of times you'll hear me say, this is alleged or allegedly, just so that we're all on our P's and Q's because I don't want anybody suing me for defamation because I don't have any money. So with that being said, let's get this podcast rolling. What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Indita Maka, and this is the 40th Year Podcast, Episode 7. Again, welcome. Um, before we get into the topics at hand, let me give you a little bit of tidbits and updates on some stuff that I talked about in previous episodes. First, um, if you come to a digital platform that does not have the 40th year podcast or you notice that an episode is missing, please go to the Anchor FM page and listen to it there. They get it first. They are the company that distributes my podcast to other digital platforms. And so every Wednesday it will be there, um, God willing. Um, sometimes I notice that with the other uh, digital platforms there, are delays, but that's just what happens when you are transferring data to other companies where they might have a different, I guess, a different way of capturing it. And sometimes there's a delay. And so unfortunately, if you don't catch it on your favorite um, platform, please come to Anchor. Um, It's anchor.fm slash the 40th year. Um, The 40th is not spelled out as F, I mean, 40th. The 40th year anchor.fm slash the 40th year. Um, Brianna Taylor, um, boyfriend, Kenneth Walker has been released from Louisville jail system. He's been cleared for now. Um, it appears that the FBI and the U S attorney's office has become a part of, or not a part of the investigation, but they're creating their own investigation, um, to see, the process of how Louisville conducted the search warrant. It made me actually think, did the federal investigators take part in the investigation that was centered around this uh, drug syndicate that was in Taylor's neighborhood? Because they possibly could have been the problem, to be honest with you, since they're now actively involved. Um, It will be interesting to see where the civil suit that was filed by Breonna Taylor's mother, uh, Tamika Palmer will go with the FBI and the U S attorney's involved involvement from a criminal side. Um, none of the officers have yet to been charged. Um, they're still asking for someone to be charged on their end, but again, they're still trying to figure out who was the person who actually killed Tamika in the, I mean, not Tamika, I'm sorry. Um, her daughter, Brianna, who actually killed 
her in the end. And it's a very technical situation. So um, it will be interesting. Um, prayers to her family and friends. Um, now let's talk about the, I don't want to say the aftermath because we're still dealing with COVID-19, but I think just the, the, the audacity of COVID-19, it appears that we've seen a lot of footage of people not obliging the conversation of social distancing and wearing masks. You've seen footage from Daytona beach, um, the lake of the lake of the Ozarks in central Missouri, um, Houston, Texas, and the list goes on and on. And I kind of wanted to focus on the Ozarks and Houston, Texas, since I am from Missouri and I live in Dallas, Texas. Um, I wanted to start with Houston because I was kind of bummed out for the mayor, um, Sylvester Turner. He wrote a uh, thread on Twitter about what he was experiencing. And it seems that it has gotten um, extremely I don't want to say extremely problematic. It looked like the uh, their uh, fire marshal has written over 300 complaints of people not obliging the 25% capacity uh, rule that they have for uh, nightclubs and bars. And so for him, that is too much. And I think so. The footage that I saw, and I thought it was so convenient because it's a nightclub that I wanted to go to in Houston and it's called Soleil, if I'm pronouncing it right. It's uh, C-L-E or C-L-E. So I think it's Soleil um, in Houston. And it's uh, a predominantly minority driven uh, nightclub. And it looked like it was jam packed with people. It has a pool. So it was intriguing to me to see all them people in the pool. And I was trying to figure out, is there some kind of rule um, that chlorine kills a COVID? Let me know. Cause then I'll get in the pool too, but we'll be practicing social distancing when I'm in the pool. Um, so it was interesting to see that it made me think that the team at Soleil had not really been able to establish um, any um, financial endeavors while the door was closed. Cause I don't know if they have a full kitchen or not. So I didn't know if they were able to get money from that pocket, but I'm pretty sure they were cited because people were taking, um, pictures and video of it. And they said the reason, the reason why Sylvester Turner did the thread on Twitter, because it was because someone sent a photo to him and I kind of want to read it to you. So you can kind of get an understanding of what he was going through. He says in his Twitter, um, it's at Sylvester Turner, a photo was sent to me and there are others on social media of crowd of crowds in clubs and bars, ignoring the 25% occupancy requirement, no social distancing and no mask. I want us to move forward, but this will set us back starting tonight. The fire marshal can enforce ST as he signs off. And that was, um, on the 24th of May. He continues to say, if you want businesses and facilities and entertainment centers to open even more and stay open, please follow the safety requirements. Our job is to manage the spread of this virus and we won't be successful if we ignore its existence. The city will enforce only if necessary. ST. I'm asking you social distance and mask up. ST. 
I want to personally thank those many businesses who are opening up safe safely and have implemented safety measures to protect their customers and employees and they are playing by the rules. I want to thank the many customers who are doing the same. Thank you, ST. The city is opening up for business and your enjoyment. The success and safety of these measures in large part will depend on your cooperation and what you do and how you do it with impact will impact others' health, their businesses and jobs. We don't want to cite or close anyone. Help us, ST. We all have a responsibility to play by the same set of rules. Restaurants are at 50% capacity and bars and clubs at 25%. In the absence of a vaccine, we have to learn how to coexist co with this virus for now. Crowding into any environment without no social distancing and masks will expose everyone. ST. Now, Mr. Turner has said that nobody will get jailed, but the fire marshal has to come into the venue to explain the 25% capacity rule. And if they don't, voluntarily comply, the fire marshal can shut the business down. The city has received over more than a hundred complaints about two crowded conditions and no social distancing since Friday. <laughs> and like I said before, um, about 300 complaints of violation to the governor's executive order in regards to the 25%. Um, they call it GA 23 limits bars at 25% capacity. They said they will work with businesses who adhere to the governor's order, but admittance beyond approval capacity will cause events to be stopped until conditions are corrected. I really am trying to figure out how do you are, should you include the liability insurance companies in this? Cause I mean, a lot of times I always laugh about it, but these insurance, these insurance policies that we get on are really a look. Nobody want to pay. Nobody wants to pay out a policy for real. And so it's odd to see them just go haywire. But I, I again, you know, I'm one of the ones who has capitalized on the conversation of calling the state of Texas Bush country. And many of the Bush family lives in Houston. And I felt that that was being done to completely annihilate whatever their conversation is about about COVID-19 and what their thoughts are about the current administration. And so I felt bad for Mr. Turner because he's caught in the middle. He has people saying stuff to him like, oh, you know, we're going to oblige. And it, and they went and turned around and did the did the complete di complete damn different thing. And so unfortunately, that was super that was super sad to me. So because in Dallas that I mean, I'm pretty sure it was probably on a lower rung, but I have not heard anything because it was one club that I was laughing about. They sent me an email and it's in the Hardwood uh, district and they were talking about that they are at 25 percent, but they said they were going to be alive on 100 percent. I was like, oh, uh, I don't know. Not with the way Houston is looking like, you know, Dallas don't really be playing around for real, but. I know they were just uh, joking around. And so hopefully it went well for them because um, they really were very clear about what some of their policies were. Like we're not doing valet. They're going to be doing self parking in that area. The Harvard district is known for their valet service. So I know that was probably kind of a bummer for some of the people who um, go to that club because it's predominantly white, but it depends kind of like on the day. And um, 
I hadn't seen any footage stating Dallas, Texas, to be honest with you. And Mayor Johnson, who handles the city of Dallas, is black as well. And so I really just thought for Houston, that had a lot to do with the, the people who adversely don't care for the Bush family and wanted to show them, fuck y'all, we're going to be out here anyway. So you're probably thinking, well, what was the problem in the Ozarks? Yeah, man, that, that, that was a monstrosity in itself. I'm trying to find out what resort that was in the Lake of the Ozarks. So if you're not familiar with the Lake of the Ozarks, it is in central Missouri. It's really just a seasonal town. And when I say that, it's really just a vacation town. It moves on season. Spring break starts it. And then by the end of September, the numbers drop. And it's a lot of resorts. There's outlet malls, et cetera. I've only been down there once, actually, in all of my life. It's kind of weird. But um, I think it's because my mom is from central Missouri. So for me, it's like I would rather go see her family than to go to the Ozarks, to be honest with you. So if you seen the footage from the Ozarks, um, I was laughing at this DJ um, who was from central Missouri saying it looked like Caucasian fun. <laughs> Cause all you see is a bunch of white people walking around in like swimwear. I mean, it's a really large pool, but that thing was jam packed. Do you guys want to know who they're blaming though? Ooh. I hate to do this, but I really don't care for this educational institution anymore due to a lot of rumors and in the windows about their staff, faculty and students and alumni that I got to do it because I already jumped on one last episode. So let me keep it going. Allegedly, they're blaming Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri. You're like, ooh, what did they do? It's not really what did they do It's what did they say? to make these people think that that was okay. And let me tell you, their current chancellor, Martin, he is a fundraiser of Donald Trump. So we assume that he had direct contact with somebody from the Trump administration or the current campaign that is handling the presidential affairs for the election for 2020. And it appears that I'm not going to say Martin, but for some reason, it was a ton, a ton, a ton, allegedly, of people associated to WashU down in the Ozarks. And let me be clear. We, I did say Caucasian fun, but it wasn't just Caucasians that were out there. there were, it was some black and brown fun out there, too. Some immigrant fun was out there, too. They just didn't get caught on tape. I'm trying to figure out, was it some sort of retreat? What we thought was baffling was an alleged conversation we don't know if it was done digitally or in person or both that they said if any drama arises where there was an increase of covid in the state of missouri just blame it on the hillbillies you know that country grammar that they have down there we never understood understand what they saying down there they seem illiterate we'll just blame it on them now, to me, that sounded like an in-person conversation, but Washington, you, we know that it's an allegation and or rumor, but you should know that that's what they're saying about you guys. They're blaming you for that debacle down there. And, and I want them to know the people who live in the Ozarks, we heard them. It's not that it, we weren't going to believe that anyway. You know about the social distancing rule. You know that you need to wear masks. To each his own, though. 
Is it about miseducation? I don't know if it's about education. I think it's a matter of respect. If you have respect for oneself, you'll have respect for everyone else. Like for me, if you don't want to wear a mask, I got you. But don't complain when you see me wearing my mask. And that's what Washington U is doing. They're complaining about the fact that they're seeing people wear masks, allegedly. And so apparently they told their friends and their colleagues, don't worry about it. Forget about that six feet thing and that mask. This heat is going to stop it. We still really don't have any proof. I said it, but I still said it with a question mark. So at this point, um, I was shaking my head about this party promoter who's based in St. Louis. And he said with, he had showed the video of, um, from another angle at the Lake of the Ozarks. And it was still predominantly white people in that video. And he said, man, two to four weeks, we got to see where this is, how this is going to hit us. Cause that place was jam packed. You probably thought all, all those people were from the Ozarks. No, my love, that's a vacation spot. People travel is two hours towards St. Louis to the East, two hours to Kansas city to the West, three hours to Memphis, Tennessee, two hours to, uh, Springfield or an hour and a half. I think Springfield, Illinois, I mean, not Springfield, Illinois, Springfield, Missouri. And so, yeah, you're like, now y'all are, now y'all heads are rolling. Like, oh my God, right. They're taking what they got from the Ozarks back to their hometown. And I feel like with the task force that Missouri has for COVID-19, you might want to start by having some sort of, I guess, an overflow thing in the Ozarks, in my opinion. That's the same thing for Houston. Maybe y'all should start picking places where you need to do overflow because that's going to, there's some ramifications. Y'all might have to shut down again. I hate to say that. Nobody wants to see that. I don't want to see it. We want to see the economy back up and running, but we can't negate that. Tell me what y'all know that we don't know. is kind of the question. Now tell me what you know that we don't know. Cause I'm, cause I went out Thursday here in St. Louis and it was baffling to see, I don't know, I just had got a bad vibe and I knew that I needed to start wearing my mask more. And I don't know if it was because I saw this young woman and her uh, baby and she was pushing her baby down the street. It was sprinkling a little. She didn't do anything to adjust the baby from getting sick. She's just strutting her ass down the street. And that bothered me so badly. And I just thought I've got to go get some masks because there's nothing I can do for her. I can only protect myself. And that's really kind of why I brought that up to you guys. You've got to kind of focus on yourself to each his own, but don't start nothing that you can't finish. Cause if you come at me disrespectfully about the fact that I got a mask on, I don't, I can't tell you what I'm going to do. Let's talk about something else. All right, y'all. So this topic is a topic that has not gotten a lot of coverage. As you know, 
a lot of times when it comes to the black women experience in the U.S., we we are led to feel like we don't count. And so a lot of times when people go missing or somebody gets murdered, it would have to be something around them that is impactful, that brings attention to what I would consider a crisis. These two young women in Georgia were found um, outside of the banks of a river in Georgia with bags on their head and they were deceased. Um, lo and behold, as the local police um, did their research, they found out that they were sisters and they had to be really close because technically they're stepsisters, but they called each other sisters and they were found dead. And they claimed that the girls had been thrown over, like just thrown out of a truck and they hit the concrete. Um, I tried to do a lot of research on this particular um, case, but I could not because it wasn't much. And the article that I did found was a lot more comprehensive, but it was people. No shade, but you know, people is kind of like me. Um, society and culture really focusing on like entertainment and music. But I thought it was a very thorough, um, very thorough uh, conversation on people. So I wanted to kind of share the story. Um, apparently two men are in custody in connection to the deaths of a Vanita Richardson, who was 19 and a Trevina Campbell, who was 30. <clears throat> um, the deaths were very disturbing there. As I said before, they were found with bags over their head under a bridge on May 13th. The bodies of 19 year old Vanita Richardson and 30 year old Tra uh, Trevina Campbell were found under a highway bridge in Floyd County, Georgia. Earlier that morning, uh, the Department of Transportation for Georgia had discovered the two bodies under the Etawa Bridge near Rome, Georgia, is what Rome uh, News Tribune, Tribune reported. It looked like that the two sisters were basically dropped over the bridge, is what came from GBI Assistant Special Agent in Charge Brian Johnston. Their clothes were tattered and spent shotgun shell casings were found near the girls' bodies. On that Monday following, the GBI and local police arrested a Desmond Levante Brown, 28, also of Rome, on charges of misdemeanor obstruction of an officer, which was said in a release created by GBI. In addition, a Devin LaShawn Watts, who was 36, was charged with theft of uh, theft of receiving stolen property and a possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. But the thing about it was, is that Brown nor Watts have been charged directly for the deaths of the sisters. Um, it appeared that the arrests of the two men were the results of search warrants that were executed on apartments and vehicles based on leads that were developed and tips that were received from the GBI tip line. Um, the investigation centered around the two murders remained active and ongoing.
It seemed that both rests were made in connection with the sister's death, but GBI would not comment further. It was unclear whether Brown or Watts had retained attorneys because they did not have anybody at the time of the article being released to speak on their behalfs nor did they know if they had entered any plea agreements. Um, GBI did not immediately respond to people's requests for commenting either. <clears throat> um, what was really sad was that the youngest, um, Richardson, was a high, high school senior getting ready to graduate from high school. Um, the school district had said that Vanita will be remembered for being a fun-loving, humbled, and motivated student who was making strong plans for her future. Um, like I said before, there wasn't much coverage on this particular murder in Georgia. And I, it makes me wonder what is really going on in the state of Georgia, because there has been a lot of conversation about the state. So I wonder how pivotal it will be during the election and as we start to continue to rebuild the economy in the U.S. as it affects the global community at large. I think it's important that um, if you guys are in that area or nor anybody in that area, the investigation is still ongoing in regards to um, Richardson and um, Campbell's death. So if you know anyone who was traveling in the area on May 12th or 13th, encourage them to contact the GBI at 1-800-597-8477 with any information that's pertaining to the investigation. Again, that number is 1-800-597-8477. Um, prayers to those ladies, um, families, especially for Richardson, because you know, she had a bright future um, ahead of her and somehow Somebody who was overzealous took it away from her. So let's get to something else. All right, y'all, for this final topic of this week's podcast, it's centered around an NFL player who has decided to go unidentified on a civil case that's associated to the uh, the airline um, United. I thought that it was interesting because two weeks ago, um, United Airlines had announced that they were taking on a new president and he's of color. Unfortunately, I do my due diligence to get his name because I figured y'all probably call him about this and I'm, he's new. He don't need the drama for real. And interesting enough, um, like a month ago, United Airlines like had kept it a buck about their finances with their employees and they had asked them to take 20 days off unpaid and they were selecting different departments. And I was pretty sure the marketing department had been hit um, in order for them to stay alive till October. Like, the, you know, they got money from the CARES Act, but it's not enough still. So they wanted them to take 20 um, days off unpaid. Some of y'all might be thinking maybe that the, that might be the flight attendants too. It could, but I don't see that. It might be because that could be why the flight attendants um, might've been 
acting up, but this conversation happened recently and, but it might've just been grumblings about the COVID-19 actually. So the NFL player said that he had been sexually harassed by a woman, um, who was sitting next to him, um, on the United Airlines flight. I assume they were in, um, first class. It doesn't really say, um, exactly where they were, but I'm pretty sure first class because it's an NFL player. He, it appeared that the NFL player um, was upset because the flight attendants associated to United Air um, were not doing their due diligence to make him feel um, comfortable, nor was they really trying to help the others who started to feel uncomfortable because of the woman's outrageous behavior. Um, From an article associated to the ABC News. I'm going to give you a little bit of detail from their perspective. Um, it just see, it was interesting to me that the NFL player didn't want to share his name, but I felt like kind of feel like he felt like he wasn't going to get a fair shot with the civil case. So I'm assuming that's why. It, is seen, it seems that the flight attendants were informed, but they allegedly did not act. An NFL player has sued United Airlines after he alleged sexual assault on a flight from Los Angeles to Newark, New Jersey. The player who was not named was flying home to New York to New Jersey on February 10th when the alleged incident occurred, according to the lawsuit. During the trip, a woman who was sitting next to him continued to sexually assault and abuse him. According to the lawsuit, the woman grabbed his penis and groped his thighs. The woman had also stroked her hand across his lap near his genitals, according to the lawsuit, which was actually filed um, last Wednesday in Los Angeles Court, uh, Los Angeles County Supreme Court or Superior Court. I'm sorry. Aside from the alleged sexual assault, the lawsuit states that the NFL player was wearing a face mask to protect himself from COVID-19. But the woman accused him of being sick and told him he was frightened and ripped off his mask. Girl, I mean, what was she drinking? So United Airlines issued a statement to ABC News that stated, the safety and well-being of our customers is always our top priority. In this instance, the customer involved was moved to a different seat. Because of litigation is now pending, we're unable to provide further comment. <clears throat> the player who is black, His statement was he was fearful of the perception of being a male victim and the racial stigma of being a young African-American male, according to the lawsuit. He said at one point he patiently pleaded to the woman who was white to stop and remove her hand, but she didn't. Another man who was also named in the lawsuit and identified only as John Doe 2 was traveling with the player at the time. That man saw the woman groping the player's knees and thighs and alerted a flight attendant. But however, no action was taken according to the lawsuit. When the woman then allegedly grabbed the player's genitals, the player stood up and said the woman was touching him before making his way to the rear of the plane to find a flight attendant. During that time, the woman moved seats to be closer to John Doe too, and then proceeded to grab his leg and his groin area, according to the lawsuit. Finally, they said a flight attendant had came over and she said, is it the same woman? Yeah, girl, it is. Before the woman was moved to another role. For whatever reason, the woman's identity has remained unknown and they admitted that she was drinking and had been popping pills. 
all they did, United, y'all know that's wrong though. All y'all did was give the men $150 vouchers. They got groped for days, it looked like. she was. They, they, now, it was a rumor that was floating that said this woman had pulled her top up as well. I don't know if that's in the lawsuit too or somebody out here lying, but that was even more interesting to say the least. You're like, did they say who the football player was? It still didn't say who the football player was. <laughs> they said that the lawyers for the two men say that they were properly were not properly protected even after they had complained though. And so I don't know. I wondered who the lady was or was the flight attendant scared of her or something. Um, they felt that the men were put at unnecessary risk of harm and in many cases suffered and continue to suffer a great pain of mind and body shock, emotional distress, physical manifestations of emotional distress, including depression, anxiety, humiliation, loss of enjoyment of life and fear of flying and traveling is what the lawsuit said. Um, the lawyers for the two men said, we, we, we bring this lawsuit with the hope that it will be one of the last of its kind. Our wish would be that in the future, no passengers, multiple warnings and complaints to flight attendants, the onboard authority figures will go unheeded until it's too late and the damages have been done. Um, both men are seeking punitive damages from a multiple claims. It includes sexual assault, sexual battery, battery and neglect. The defendants in the lawsuit is United Airlines and multiple unnamed flight attendants. Because one of the problems they said that they were having, though, is that United would not um, give over the list, like the manifest of who was on the plane, like by seat. So I guess I don't know if they were trying to protect people because whoever else was on the plane. But I think that that was what provoked the football player to go unnamed in my opinion. Um, I know he said it was like the stigma of being a black man in America, but I do think there might've been some people that were sitting in coach that were of importance, to be honest with you. And so in order to keep them from getting involved, they might've been trying to pull the name from the manifest because they do it all the time, to be honest with you. Um, it happens. Um, it, it's interesting to me because like, as I said before earlier, the travel and hospitality industry has been heavily hit um, by the pandemic. And so um, having this kind of lawsuit at this time, is it's, it's a danger zone for United. Um, hopefully they can resolve this without any extreme, without an extreme payout, to be honest with you. Um, it will be tough if they can't get no witnesses though, unfortunately. Um, they couldn't do any criminal stuff because the flight attendants didn't operate properly to where the PD could be waiting in uh, Newark. So unfortunately, we just got to wait and see and see how it plays out. Um, we will probably never get the name of the NFL player or the other guy who was involved because um, that's just how the civil courts work. But that is it, y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Um, I really appreciate y'all. Appreciate you guys for stopping by. Um, I'll see y'all next Wednesday, God willing. Bye bye.